So if you are new to our church or haven't been here for a while, we have been in a series of Abiding in Christ. And so for some of us, it's easy. We have the do part of abiding, right? We know that abiding means you have to read your Bible, right, to spend time in the Word. Abiding also means to pray, that you need to actively pray to God and abide in Him that way. But many of us, if we're honest, we have the difficult part of the being part, of pressing into Him and then resting in Him. So about this, this past summer, when I was on sabbatical, I had the gift of getting half my sabbatical this past summer and then the other half next summer. And I did have a couple classes that I had to take. But I did what every good type A person does. I went, because I had a plan, so I, had, I went to Barnes & Noble and I got a planner. And I love this planner. It had all these sections. And I even got multiple different colored pens. And I was just so proud of this planner. And so I divided into sections with that pen that was, you know, correlated with that. And I, had, I put down all my school assignments. And then I put all the books I was going to read, the non-seminary books I was going to read. And Pastor Jim looked at my list and he said, I don't know if you're going to read all these. And I'm like, oh, I will. It's in my planner. And then I also put all the places I was going to go be with Jesus, all the beaches, all the parks to go hiking. I put all the tasks I was going to do, right? Because uh, I'm just home, so I might as well like clean a closet, right? And I put all the people I was going to spend time with. And so I was really proud of my planner. And so I talked to my friend, and she had just recently come from sabbatical. And I was telling her my plan, and she didn't sound too enthused about my plan. Her response was, huh, okay. And so she then proceeded to talk about the advice that her coach had given her when she went on sabbatical. And her coach had told her, get up whenever. Spend some time with Jesus. Go for a walk. And if you're still tired, go back and take another nap. And I thought, with all this napping, how are you going to get stuff done? <laughs> right? And so today we are going to talk about the Sabbath rest and work balance. Because if we're honest, we live in a culture that is just on the go 24-7, right? And I just want to clarify, even if you're not a 9-to-5 type of person, we are busy, right? For those of you who are retired, I've talked to you. I know about your five volunteer jobs, right? And some of you are actively caring for your grandchildren or your elderly parents. I know some of my students, they have their four AP classes and then they have their travel ball, right? Some of you college students, I know some of you are taking like 18 units to finish early or maybe you have a lot of clubs or jobs that you're doing. We all, if we're honest, we're all exhausted. Anybody tired? I'm a little tired, yeah. So let's look at some quotes that I found. And the first one is by Corey Ten Boon. And it says, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Isn't that true? And it's, it's along with the second one. Let's do the second one. And the second one, it says, the truth of that is sin is that sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They cut off your connection to God, to other people, and even to your old soul. And I think about we all know the danger of sin, right? We all know that sin separates us from God. Sin causes broken relationships. 
But busyness can do the same thing. We're so busy, we can't spend time with Jesus. We're so busy, like I keep my mantras, people over task, people over task. And sometimes I'm like, task over people, right? And so we're like so busy that it keeps us from being connected with people. It keeps us from pressing in and being at rest and abiding with, with Jesus. So let's look at the last one at Harvard. I love this one. The Harvard one, they did a study, and I love what they say at this end. It says, taking time for silence restores the nervous system. It helps sustain energy and conditions our mind to be more adaptive and responsive to the complex environments in which so many of us now live and work. And I think, thanks, Harvard. God knew what he was doing, right? Good job. Thanks for backing up God, right? Because the invitation to Sabbath is in every single part of the Bible. And in the Old Testament alone, it's in 104 places. And in fact, when God created the world, the thing that he made holy, it wasn't a person. It wasn't an option, an object. You know what it was? It was a Sabbath. It was a Sabbath. He made the Sabbath holy. So if something that's holy, then it's something that we should pay attention to. We should engage in. We should participate in. So my generation, I'm talking about my generation and under me, um, we are the first several generations in the first 2,000 years of church history that is on the go 24-7. And But this experiment in not observing Sabbath is taking a huge toll on us. It's called time debt. We overcommit. We multitask. Some of you who are maybe older can remember, especially if you lived in the Midwest or the South, do you remember when things were closed on Sunday and you were forced to be home with your family and rest, right? Now, because of the technology, we can access our work being, you know, on an island somewhere in the Caribbean, Right? And so this, we have this gift, so why don't we take it? Why don't we accept this gift that God's given us for our good? And so I've come up with four reasons, and if you are taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. And the first one is that we don't have a healthy work-rest balance because our identity is often in what we do and not who we are. We tend to do rather than be. Did you catch that? Our identity is so much wrapped up in what we do. If you were here last week, Pastor Joe talked a little bit about that. He was talking about the problem sometimes when you're at work, your identity is so locked into work, right? Because you have a title. People listen to you. They might not listen to you at home, right? You're important. And then when you retire, you're lost, because that's gone. Or if your identity is in being a parent, when the children go off, how do you feel? Do you feel empty and lost? Right? Whatever we put our identity in, if it's not God, if it's a function of what we do, when it's gone, and it'll mostly be gone, right? Then we can end up being empty. Before I was... um, about 15 years plus back, I was working full-time at a youth ministry parachurch. And so it was mainly Monday through Fridays. So on Sundays, I got to attend any church I wanted to. So I would um, 
So my kind of, my go-to thing, what I would do is every time I go to a new church, I would tell them what I did. And I would tell them that I'm a youth minister and where I worked. And typically the next Sunday, I was teaching Sunday school class. I was leading a prayer team. I was leading a small group. And I remember I was going to this one church and I was about to join it. And I was about to go and I felt clearly that the Lord said, you are not to do anything for six months. And I remember saying to the Lord, but if I don't tell them what I do, then how will they know who I am? How will they like me? And I realized what God was saying is he was saying, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. What you do is not who you are. I created you. You are my child. You have worth. You are value. Not, you don't have to earn people's love. You don't have to earn my love. You don't have to earn your worth. You can simply be. And so for six months, I simply was. And I had to sit on my hands when they asked for Sunday school teachers. right? And it's some, for some of you, you need to hear that. You need to hear that you are more than your title. You are more than a student, an athlete, an engineer, a doctor, a mom, or dad. You are a child of the Most High. Our second reason why we don't have a healthy work and rest balance is because, honestly, we can't quench the insatiable desire for more. We live in a world that more is better, right? If you have a little house, get a bigger house. If you have a car that's 10 years old, buy a new one. If you go camping for vacation, go to Europe. It's better. You need more things to be happy. And this is what the world tells us. This is the answer what the world says. This is if you have a small house, if you have an old car, if you just go camping instead of Europe for vacation, I know what you can do. Go get a side hustle, right? The side hustle is all the rage. Go drive for Uber. Go um, consult. You can do that on the evenings and weekends. And I just want to make a disclaimer. It's if, if you, sometimes part-time jobs are needed to get out of debt or a goal. But if we are working 24 hours, we're working 12 hours a day, seven days a week, because we don't have time, because we are trying to get that better whatever fill in the blank, then there's a problem. I think of the verse that's very famous, Philippians 13, and it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And this is a very familiar mantra. Um, a lot of confirmands use it as their life verse. A lot of athletes have it on their shoes. And it's kind of like a mantra. It's kind of like, I can conquer the world. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can be the best student. I can be the best athlete. I can be the best. Fill in the blank. But you know what the contents it was written in? It was written in the context of contentment. Paul wrote this to show contentment. He said, I am content whether I am in prison. I am content either when my belly is full or when it's not. I'm content when I have a lot or when I have little. And so that's the encouragement I give you today, church, is a let's say, 
I can be content in the resources that God has given me. I can be content with my house or my car or the things. I don't need things. I don't need material goods to be happy. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Thirdly, we don't trust God to ultimately be our provider. That's the problem. We don't trust God to be our provider. We say, I have to store as much as I need now because what if this happens? I need to work and now. I need to work seven days a week, 12-hour days. I need to just pile it up. And I'm not saying don't save, but if you work seven days a week, 12-hour days, and you don't have time for rest, then guess what? You become your provider, not God. God's not your provider then. And this is what God did when he gave the Sabbath to the Israelites. He says, you have a bent for self-reliance. You are prone to forget my goodness. You are prone to forget what I do for you. So one day a week, you are going to stop. You are going to think, and you are going to remember, I am the one who rescued you. I am your provider. I am your protector. And that's when he instituted the Sabbath. And so for many of us, we need to let go of that need to to be our own provider. Because keeping the Sabbath is more than just a day off. It's more than just being home and binge-watching Netflix, right? It's fundamentally about the cease to cease cease striving. That's what it is, is to stop. There's always something more to do. There's always a task to accomplish, but we need to stop and to rest in him. It's about trust as much as it is about time. Lastly, our fourth one is because we are prideful. We are prideful people. (laughs) Before I was going on my Sabbath, I'm part of the Clergy Network um, Facebook group, and I love it. It has all these great tips and things. And so right about that time, there was this meme, and this meme says, for today, you are to stop. You are to rest. You aren't to fix anything. You're not to rescue anybody. You are to rest. And I thought, that's great. That's going to be my my sabbatical mantra. And then I don't always do this, but I decided to click on the comments. And this one person said, then whose job is it? (laughs) Right? If it's not my job to go fix something, who's going to do it, right? And that is our problem, is we have a savior complex. We have a superhero complex. We need to be the one to step in and to do it all. And you know what? Sometimes that means for us to rest We need to delegate. I don't like that word. (laughs) Because someone might do something that might not be good as we do it, right? Right? So then we need to delegate our children to to clean the house. They might not pick up all the dust bunnies, but you could have a day off, right? (laughs) We might be able to delegate things around. Um, when I was on sabbatical, it was, it was very hard because I, I did trust Scott in the volunteer team, but there was times I wanted to text my kids and say, are you still hearing about Jesus? <laughs> you know, how are you doing? <laughs> are you still remembering to read your Bible? Right? And so it's that control. And so it's also 
what we're doing, it goes back to the beginning. It goes back to the fall. It goes back to say, God, I know better than you. I know my schedule better than you. I know my body better than you. I know what needs to be done. And that's what happens. We usurp the distinction between creator and creation. And we take control. And we exhaust ourselves. And we know the cost, right? We all know the cost when we don't rest. We become short-tempered. Our body gets exhausted. We maybe get some health issues. God knew what he was doing. Let's give back control to him and trust him. Because let's go back to the Israelites. God liberated his people when they were slaves in Egypt. In Deuteronomy 12, I mean 5, 12 to 15, what God does is he ties the Sabbath. He ties to freedom from slavery. Anyone who is overworked is really a slave. Anyone who cannot rest from work is a slave. You are a slave to success. You're a slave to what the world says success. You're a slave to what the world says you need to buy and own and have. You are a slave to maybe parental expectations, to exploitive employees, employers. We are slaves. And these slave masters will abuse you if you're not disciplined in the practice of Sabbath rest. They will abuse you. So when we take back control and we take our Sabbath, what we're doing is we're declaring freedom. We are saying, I am free in Christ. I am free to rest in him. I am free to be content in him. I am free to abide in him. I am free. It's a declaration of freedom. Just as with any spiritual discipline, and if they didn't call it discipline, it would be easy, right? <laughs> with every spiritual discipline, you have to be intentional about it. If you're not intentional about um, setting time for rest, it'll be gone, right? We have to be intentional. And so I believe for some of us, we need to repent for this. And we need to press in and be intentional about creating space for, to press into God and for our bodies to rest. And as I give this sermon, I don't give this sermon as someone who has attained this. Because I haven't. It's something that I struggle with. And my desire, my prayer, is that we will encourage each other. And we will hold each other accountable to press in. Fifteen years ago, when my parachurch actually reduced me to part-time, so that's when I started working on staff at churches. And so now I had two ministry jobs, um, and so I was working six days a week. And if there was an activity or a retreat or a camp, that just meant I didn't get a day off that week because my margin was so tight that I didn't have margin to take another day off. And so... It was very difficult for me to, to really be intentional. And so my Sabbath, sometimes it looks like a part of Friday and a part of Saturday, right? Or Saturday morning and Friday afternoon or something. And then two years ago, actually two years ago this fall, um, my chapter closed down completely and I was able to work full time here. And I thought, great, for the first time in 15 years, I have one job. It was so much time. And 
I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go to seminary. <laughs> and I'll only, not only go to seminary, but yeah, you know, like Pastor Joe did like one class a, a time for seven years. No, no, no. I'm going to do full time in two years. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And so I graduate December 15th, so I'm really excited about that. But, but it's a struggle. It's a struggle. But let's, this is a gift that God gives us. And we don't often, we look at this commandment as an option, right? We look at it as it's optional, right? We look at the other commandments and we go, oh yeah, I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. But the Sabbath, that's okay. I, I, can, I can work myself to death. It's all right, right? But let's accept this gift together so that we can be refreshed. And this joy that we're going to find in being resting in God is going to be like no other picking me up the world sells. So as we've been doing for the past several weeks of the series, we are going to close in the prayer by Andrew Murray. So if you can join me from the book, Abide in Him. Lord, accept the arrangement. I nothing, you all. My nothingness is my highest blessing because you are the vine that gives and works all. So be it, Lord. I nothing, ever waiting on your fullness. Lord, reveal to me the glory of this blessed life. Amen. Please stand as we sing to the God who makes good out of bad in our lives.